Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Listen, Learn and Burn podcast, hosted by Phil Williams and Jen Kay, co-owners of Lift, Learn and Burn, the online coaching service created to transform the body and minds of females. Getting out and getting steps in can sometimes feel like you're walking for the sake of walking, which is why we're on a mission to make your walks a little bit more fun. So get off the couch, throw your headphones in and get those feet moving. Oh, and if you're in England, it's probably best you take a coat because it's more than likely chucking it down. Every week, we'll be going in-depth into a specific topic related to female weight loss. We know how overwhelming and overcomplicated weight loss can be, so we make sure to cut out all the big fancy words and bring you the information that you need to know. And if you're not sure how to start your journey, then head over to our website now to get your hands on our free fat loss guide. Hello, you bunch of incredible legends. Hello. Oh yeah, I didn't include you. Am I not an incredible legend? No. What am I? Uh... Choose your words carefully. <laughs> An idiot. It's not very nice, is it? It's very nasty. Again, I will gain a complex. I'm going to call you Peely McPeelson. Really? Mm. Why? Why do you think, Phil? Um, because my head's shit like an orange. <laughs> no. Because I look like a potato. No. Because I am incredibly sharp like a spud peeler. No. Because my head's peeling because I burnt it last week on a bike ride. <laughs> yeah. Is that the reason? <laughs> so gross it's incredibly disgusting it's the worst thing on the planet oh my goodness it looks like he's got like a crusty head that's disgusting mm. it's I, like satisfying but disgusting on the equal measure i was just about to mention that i've never met anybody who is so satisfied to sorry if you're listening this is going to make you sick whilst you're walking <laughs> around the street or having your dinner but I, someone who's so absolutely like needy to pick the skin off my head and he's like desperate and will will me and beg me if she can do it and then as soon as she's done it, she's like, oh my God, this is disgusting. This is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh my God, getting away from this is absolutely horrible. I'm like, make your mind up. It's honestly repulsive, but Violent. also so satisfying. Not for me, because sometimes it hurts. Well, don't pain. burn your head then. And to be fair, in my defence, I thought, I'm going to have a bike helmet on all day. <laughs> which I did. And we had to still burn. Leave it on. I couldn't leave it on sat outside of a pub in a beer garden. Cream on. That's what I forgot. He's not used to being bald in the sun yet. I'm not. The rest of my body was fine. Mm-mm. Just my head. <laughs> I mean, I had shorts and a t-shirt on. So it's clearly. not been exposed to such level of sunshine. It hasn't. Which is weird because I thought it had because I had such thinning hair. So I was like, Apparently surely not. it's surely it's been exposed to it. That's nothing worse than a burn head. The, oh, it's the most painful thing ever. And no, I'll not tell everyone that bit because that is gross. I might. I feel like I'm going to have to say it now I've said that. Well, I If can... you don't like disgusting things, take your earphones out for a minute. How will they know when to put them back in again? I'll do it in 10 seconds. Hmm. So Phil had um, a blister on his head that started oozing. It that, was that gross. That is disgusting. <laughs> I hope you're not having your dinner. It's absolutely rank. <laughs> should be at walking, shouldn't they? They should be. Just people walk and eat. No, that's not good for your digestion. It's not good for mindful eating either. No. That's not what this is about though, is it? It's not. It's about change, isn't it? Times. Yes, it is about change. That's the one. Is there another one? Um, change. I don't think there is, you know. Change. I'm thinking, take a chance, take a chance, take a chance. Take a change on me. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense, that one, does it? Change. There must be another one. Send us your, um, I feel like there's one called Changes by Akon or someone. Ch- oh, there's one right in my head. Dun, 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 dun. Was it like a... Who was it? I don't know. We could be here all day, so let's get on with the podcast. So, What's the podcast on? How to change when change feels scary. And I think tons of people have gone through this. 
Oh, absolutely. Like, I think if you're looking change in the face mm-hmm. and, like, on the edge of wanting to make a change in your life, don't take that off. All I'll do is look at it the whole way through. You just took his hat just off. Just so you know, I took my hat off, not my shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, bring you back into the room, Jay. Back into the room. Um, change. I've lost my train of thought completely now. So change is a scary thing and it's something that we're all scared of. And we're going to chat a little bit about why we're scared of it, what happens, what we can do instead, um, how we can break it down so it becomes a little bit easier and ultimately how we can change when we want to. And part of us has probably come to the conclusion that, yeah, something needs to change, but we're just not ready we just can't quite do that thing we need to do in order to change and i've had this a conversation i've had this conversation a few times with people whether it be on instagram and consultation calls wherever it is and chatting about this idea of like wanting things to be different but not really being able to do that first thing so we know that this is incredibly common but something that i wanted to chat about really really quickly to begin with is this idea that and i think it's a worry that a lot of people have that if they do anything and change happens, that everything's going to be different and the world's going to be a different place. And so they don't do anything because it's that worry of, well, I don't want to do anything. I don't really want to change because then everything else changes around me. But what you need to realize is irrelevant of what you do, irrelevant of what you change, irrelevant of what your day-to-day habits are, the world's changing anyway. Things are happening. I mean, look at it now. Compare now to two years ago. I know we're in a global pandemic, but look at the difference in the way the world is happening right now we're working from home instead of working in an office there's a different way to get your food you're not allowed to stand up at the bar all these different things have an impact on our life irrelevant of what we're actually doing and these changes although they're not usually that big happen all around us and I I love the phrase we must move not be moved because it embraces this idea that we aren't necessarily at fault for everything that's going on and we're not we're definitely not and we there are things happening around us that make life more difficult but that doesn't remove the responsibility that we have to then do something about it. And I was listening to a podcast about this recently. It was um, Jake Humphrey, it was, mm. on Stephen Bartlett's podcast. And he was talking about he realised that in order to be successful, you have to take responsibility for what is going on around you and what is happening to your life. And it was incredibly powerful to hear him say that he literally spent years and years not knowing and not understanding how to become successful until one day the light bulb came on. He was like, I just need to take responsibility. That's what I need to do. And I think ultimately that's what we all need to do for our physical, mental and social health. That doesn't mean it's easy. doesn't mean it's overnight. And it doesn't mean it's just a case of blaming yourself for everything. That's I think blaming yourself and taking responsibility is two different things, mm. isn't it? Two hugely different things. Uh, but I wanted to start just by saying that change is going to happen anyway. So if your worry is that, well, I don't want things around me to change, it's going to happen. So we need to take some kind of responsibility. But to begin with, change is... Oh, the worry of change is normal, isn't it, yeah? Yeah, I, honestly, I really do think it is. It's completely, like as Phil said, normal to kind of, as humans, feel on edge, nervous, have that what-if feeling. But the more we step out of that comfort zone and the more we push ourselves to make changes, the better we actually get at it. And it's about building that resilience and actually just taking yourself into the unknown that little bit and just recognizing that actually 
it's not that bad and and that it we can kind of see ourselves developing and changing and recognizing that it doesn't have this really big impact on our lives I think I feel like we think that if we change things that maybe we'll like lose a sense of ourselves or like others won't see us in the same way but it's actually just understanding that actually if we're changing for the best version of ourselves then that's going to impact people and yourself positively 100 percent, and it's, it's it is like you said it's like anything else you if you've never taken that step to make a change of course you're not going to be great at it everything is very difficult until it becomes easy absolutely everything nothing you ever do or very rarely one in a million things for whatever reason you just pick it up and you're great at it straight away but usually you start something you go oh, this doesn't feel right this doesn't feel the same it feels a bit you know there's friction it's just not right and then and our natural response as a human is to go well, this isn't right then i shouldn't do it i shouldn't change because change doesn't feel right but ultimately as jen said it's that stepping into the comfort zone or out of our comfort zone sorry that's the difficult part and you know what i think it's actually strangely enough taking that step out of our comfort zone is actually more difficult than stepping into an area that is out of our comfort zone if that makes sense so it's that it's that step out of our comfort zone that we find difficult when we step into something that's more difficult what we tend to do is go oh that wasn't too bad Mm. that was all right and that's you in the moment building up a fragment of resilience and it's you reminding yourself and taking almost like a mental photo of this wasn't actually too bad which is why every time you then change after that or every time you try and step out your comfort zone you're able to more easily remind yourself actually do you know what the last time i did this it wasn't the end of the world everything was okay it was all right like all right it wasn't easy but everything was all right and therefore i know i just need to take this next step and i think some of the most successful people on the planet are the ones that get to a point where they actually want to step outside of the comfort zone and they're unwilling to do things if it's comfortable because they see change and progress and growth whether that be with something like sleep stress food movement training or whether it's your personal professional life whatever it is they see comfortable things as not being right because they think well nothing ever grows where it's comfortable nothing ever progresses where it's comfortable i don't want to be here i want to be where it's uncomfortable because that's where change happens isn't it yeah change just starts becoming the norm and it's just like what 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 can i change now what can i work on now like you build confidence with change and understand that change isn't scary but change can change your life absolutely but it's incredibly common and i think there's a number of different reasons why this happens and it usually comes down to either we create you know let's let's say we're talking about like weight loss or a lifestyle change we'll bring it back to like physical health if we want to achieve something we tend to create our plans when we're motivated, don't mm-hmm. we? When we're ready, we've got this big burning desire to change everything. And so we create this big overwhelming plan about how we're going to change the world in 24 hours. Or we actually do have quite a big overwhelming goal. And when we look at the end point, we think that seems so far away that it actually feels... Quite, I'm quite nervous, I'm quite anxious, I'm quite worried about you know trying to uh, achieve this big overwhelming goal. Or potentially, in some cases, it's both. You've got a big overwhelming goal and you've created yourself a big overwhelming plan and the idea of change straight away just feels sickening. You've got this real sicky feeling in. And ultimately, it's not something that has been put on us. It's not something that someone else has created. We've created it ourselves. So we've almost put ourselves in an uncomfortable position. 
with this un uncomfortable, overwhelming plan. We've created it. We've set out to say, and like the most common one that you'll have probably either tried or heard is, I'm going to have 1,200 calories a day. I'm going to do 10,000 steps. I'm going to train every single day. I'm only going to eat food that's green. I'm not going to eat anything from a takeaway. I'm not going to drink alcohol. All these things are so big and overwhelming and probably so far away from your current life right now that you go, I'm not doing that. Mm. Especially the day after when you wake up and you're not as motivated or you're not feeling as disciplined and you're like, ah, I'm not doing that. It's Monday now. I don't fancy that. It's too difficult. It's too much. It's too hard. And I think I've had conversations, or I know we both have had conversations with people who've said like, oh, like, I've been wanting to speak to you for such a long time, but like, I was, I was scared to take that first step. And a lot of the time it comes down to kind of it feeling quite daunting to take a step to ask for help. Or maybe it just feels like there's too much, like Phil said, there's, there's just too much to work on. And it feels like you're never going to be able to do that because look at how many other times I've done it and look at how many other times I've failed and how many things that I've not been able to achieve. And we search for all the things that we can't do rather than looking ahead and thinking, right, what, what could I change this time that's different? How can I make a change that's different? And I think instead of focusing on these big overwhelming plans and goals, We've just got to remember that actually we can't achieve that much in one day because we're humans, we have lives, we've got jobs to do, we've got other things that we've got to put our mind to. But that doesn't stop us achieving things in a day. And actually that doesn't mean that if we can achieve something small every single day that we can achieve absolutely incredible things in a year like all those tiny little changes that feel, that feel really achievable and feel really easy actually amount to really big changes across the span of a year. Like I've got clients that we've been working with who are like, how have I become this person? Like it just felt so easy. And But, but that's what we do, isn't it? We break yeah. down the bit that feels overwhelming and take it right back. So if you're feeling overwhelmed now, look at, get it all down on paper what you want to achieve pick one area of that focus on that area and break it right down into a tiny little starting point and just work through all those points each day just chip away at them until actually you realize you're smashing that and then you can pick the next thing to work on and break that down into tiny little steps so that change doesn't or you don't even notice change happening a lot of the time you don't and i've noticed that at a professional level but also on a personal level and within training and food etc that sometimes the biggest changes are the ones that you don't even realize have happened you don't get it's not like you wake up one morning and you're like oh my god I've, you know i've lost 10 pounds or oh my god i've you know i've just doubled my squat pb like these things don't happen in a day we want them to and our desires and our motivations as a human being we want what we can see and what we can see is that change can happen the problem is we try and create it in a day, as Jen said. We try to think, right, what can I do in the next 24 hours that's going to change absolutely everything? But ultimately, it isn't that much. We can't do much in a day. Like, I think what a lot of people do is they go either all in and try and do everything in a day, or they do nothing, do absolutely zero. And honestly, a lot of the time, you need to do 1% more than nothing. Mm -hmm. You don't need to do 100%. You don't need to do absolutely everything. You probably need to do 1% or 2% more than nothing. But because it doesn't feel like a lot, it seems a waste of time. 
it's like, what's the point? Why have I done that? That, mm-hmm. that was a waste of it. In fact, we chat to clients a lot about this, don't we? Especially in six-week check-ins when we're having a good chance to reflect on the past like month and a half. And it's opportunity for us to say, well, you might see, you know, well, you know, I only lost one or two pounds. Yeah, but look what else you've achieved. Look what else you've done. And that one or two pounds, if you did that every six weeks, you know, you're losing four pounds by the end of the next one, six pounds by the end of the next one. And this might be someone who's never been able to lose weight at all. The pace that you move at doesn't matter. You're not in a race. You're not up against anybody. You're not going into a competition. There's no deadline. Our our deadline is the time that we have on earth, basically, as deep as that sounds. But that, that's what we've got to work with, our life. We don't need to say, right, by summer, I need to wear this. So therefore, I have to lose this amount of day. I think that's the worst. We both hate that approach anyway, mm-hmm. don't we? But I think that's the worst way to go about anything within health, fitness, whether that's physically or mentally, saying I have to have achieved X to buy X. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't help because everything then reverses afterwards. Yeah, you get you probably get longer lasting and easier change when you stop rushing things mm. because you take your time, you have those tiny little steps that don't feel overwhelming rather than going from like, I don't know, eating takeaway seven times a week to eating salad seven times a week. Like yeah. that that's that is overwhelming. That is big change. That is change you can't sustain in reality because it's too far away from where you're at. And I suppose the big message of this is don't make change too big. Absolutely. And that's really, that's a good point, actually. Don't make change too big. Because a lot of people wonder, and they've asked the question in the past, what's a good calorie deficit? Let's go really basic. They'll say, what's a good calorie deficit? What's a, what's a slow pace? You always talk about things being slow and steady. What's the right number then? I say, I don't know. It's different for everyone. For some people, a 200 calorie deficit is the perfect pace to be working at. For someone else, it's 500. There's no... PDF that says do all these things and you'll work comfortably at a nice little pace and then you'll get the result you want in six months time it doesn't work like that it simply depends on where you're at right now what your end goal is how fast you're moving at and all the other changes that happen in your life whilst you're trying to yeah. do it <laughs> everything else that's going on like, there's too much happening for us to worry too much about the size of that deficit you might even go five six weeks where you just Stick at maintenance. You might go five, six weeks where you're not actually not really bothered what's going on because there's too much else going on that you need. You know, you need to manage all the other variables. Like, there's no just let's just get make sure everybody's in a 200 calorie deficit. And I actually see this all on Instagram posts. I try not to follow a lot of the coaches. I try not to follow too many anyway. But I see this a lot about this idea of like you shouldn't go bigger than this deficit or you shouldn't go smaller than this deficit. I'm like that's so overly generic. Like it, it's so. Like I couldn't tell you. I mean, I could if I went on to the app but all our clients are in so many different deficits because we find what works for them mm-hmm. and like i said for one a 200 calorie deficit is perfect it works so well because it works at the pace they need to move at with everything else that's going on but for someone else it's 500 and i know this podcast isn't about this next point but that's why comparison's pointless because if you're someone who works better at a 200 calorie deficit and you go oh, that person's losing it faster than i'm going to try 500 you might never get there because it's too big you can't handle it same for them. If they've got, oh, they're losing it more sustainably because it's slower, that might not be the case. They might slow it down and it doesn't work for them. It's important that your pace is your pace and nobody else's. And then I think this is something, the next part is something that a lot of people never, ever, ever, ever do. And I think this last point can be an absolute game changer, can't mm-hmm. it, for making sure that you are able to have some kind of consistency throughout a longer period of time. And it sounds really weird, but it's planning for failure planning for when things don't quite go right, 
planning for when things don't go to plan, knowing what to do in the moment when what you thought you was going to do couldn't be done. And also knowing that that's okay. That's all right, yeah, you're supposed to. And I think a lot of the time, the reason people think it's bad or wrong is because they don't plan for it. Mm. So when it happens, it's like, oh my God, I failed. I failed, this is terrible. This wasn't supposed to happen. I'm a failure and I'm giving up. Whereas if you plan for it, if you say, do you know what, this journey's going to have ups and downs and bits where things get tough. When it does get tough and you're in a bit of a rut and things are struggling, you go, well, I knew this was going to happen anyway, so it's all right. Right, what's my plan when things get tough? Right, okay, I drop that down a little bit. I focus on this a little bit more. I just review what I've done over the last X amount of time. Right, okay. Oh, that's why I'm in a rut because this has happened or this has changed. Because change, like in reality, change really isn't easy, particularly when you're trying to change potentially habits that are like 10 to 20 years ingrained in you. Like, Mm -hmm. I think people expect to be able to change those things overnight and we just can't. Like, we really can't. I think it's about being realistic with our expectations of ourselves and understanding that failure is normal, failure is going to happen but also that that's okay and part of the journey um, and we flip our attitude to that to acceptance and discovery like what what happened what went what went wrong why did things not go to plan that why question is the best one isn't it why? yeah exactly that why did it happen it's not being harsh on yourself things important in those moments we're not overly self-critical we just take a bit of responsibility as we said at the beginning of the podcast and go all right that happened because of this mm-hmm. oh well can't change that, can't change the past. But I can decide what happens next. And that's where, when you've got that plan, you'll feel more comfortable with that almost, even though I don't like the word failure, because I see it and we see it at Lift, Learn and Burn as more an opportunity to learn. But we all know what failure means. So when things don't go to plan, you, you'll feel comfortable with it. You'll be all right with it. You'll expect it when it happens. You'll not completely divert in a different direction, will you? Yeah. So I suppose to recap, I think... If you are worried or scared about making change, just understanding that that is absolutely normal, especially if you feel like maybe you've got a long journey to go on. But we know change is going to happen anyway. And if we can really tell ourselves and understand that we need to take each day at a time, take it as it comes, plan for when things don't go to plan, then we're going to give our chance, ourselves a chance of success and a chance of being truly able to change our lives. And it all starts with that little step out of your comfort zone to make a small change and remember that small changes... What's the phrase when it like? Snowballs. Snowballs. Small changes snowball into big changes. They do. Absolutely they do. So, Jenkai. I'm going to put you on the spot! Fantastic. And the spot, and the spot. I'm excited. We've got another question from uh, someone uh, who, I didn't know who it was. I feel like because last week someone who's emailed in and been like, right, I'm asking a question. It might now open the floodgates a little bit. To... This one was on my Instagram. Ooh. Dropped me a message on Instagram. Interesting. I like this it. person's called Nina. Hello, Nina. And thank she... you for listening. Yeah, thank you very much. She said, have you ever had a wardrobe malfunction in public? In public? <laughs> Do you know that I have? No. You just laughed. <laughs> Do I have <laughs> I'm not. I was on. I just uh, thought it was a funny question. I like it a lot. I'm trying to think now. Have you ever had a wardrobe malfunction in public? I bet you have in football at some point. I bet you have. Guaranteed. What? Do you, why? Why would that Don't know, like happened? 
splitting your shorts or something, surely. My legs aren't Hold up, you did? I've just remembered one. What? You genuinely did. What? You split your shorts. When? In the gym. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I witnessed it. In a... I forgot about that. It was massive as well, wasn't it? Like, really bad. Like, All the way. proper was, cartoon heard the turn. It, it was where you think the, the split was as well. That's exactly where it was. I forgot about that. It was in Manchester, wasn't it? Yeah. That was horrendous. It was a... Uh, what had we done? We'd done Tough Mudder about a couple of months before it. And I got like a tiny little... Like, you couldn't even see the, the hole that was in them unless you looked really, really close. So I was like, oh, I'll train in there. I'm, I'm literally the least fashionable person when I go to the gym. Best shorts, don't go. But... There was a tiny little hole. I'm like, can I get away with that? I'm like, oh yeah, I can. It really don't matter. Like, I'm going training. It's relevant. And I wasn't even doing a leg exercise, was I? I bent over to do a tricep push down. Was that what it was? Yeah. So I like pushed my hips all the way back, and I kind of heard something, and you heard no, it. No, actually, I wasn't there because I was wandering around the gym. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know it had happened. No. So <laughs> I kind of heard something, and what I did was I was like, oh, was that my shorts? But. Because it was from a tiny little hole that was about an inch away from the... What's that bit called down the middle? The um, seam? The seam, yeah. Because it was about an inch away from the seam. My first thought was, oh my God, I've split my shorts in half. So I felt the seam and I was like, oh no, it's fine. It's still together. It's absolutely okay. And then I bumped into Jen, unfortunately, about 15 minutes later. Yeah. So not like within 30 <laughs> seconds. Like, bear in mind, I'd been like into a different weights room. Like I'd been around the gym pretty much at this point. And... She's like, oh my God, Phil, have you seen shorts? And I turned and looked in the mirror. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I could actually see butt cheek yeah. in boxes. It was but that you bad. Could see, it's a good job I had underwear on. It is a good, because you would have seen everything. Like It was all the way through. And when I looked, it was because, like I said, it was an inch away from the seam. So it was like far enough away for me to not feel it and think, oh, I wonder if it's around there. But then like close enough for it to go all the way around. It was so all brilliant. And you didn't have any spare shorts either, so you just had nope. to walk home with a, a jumper tied around you. Yeah, I had my pure gym jumper tied <laughs> oh, my jacket tied around my waist. Oh, that's brilliant. I still train in them shorts today, they'll be good, aren't they? Are they? No, I'm joking. Really I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the look on your face then if said you don't. <laughs> no, that is brilliant. I, I was thinking you'd have probably... When I read it, I was like, oh, he'll have definitely done something in football. I um I don't think I have in football. I don't know why. Why have I never... I don't know. I mean, I've had a few, like, ripped socks and stuff like that. I've been kicked <laughs> and stuff. But nothing like... I wouldn't consider that as a wardrobe malfunction. I just say that's a bit frustrating for the kit, man. You did used to have pop-down button shirts, didn't you, that your friends used to rip up on a night yeah, that was annoying. <laughs> That wasn't really a malfunction, that's just having pals that are really annoying. Or <laughs> a pal malfunction. So, right. Jen K, are you ready to learn it or burn it? Go on. We've got a joke in from Jessica. <gasps> I'm sorry, but Coates. look at all those big lines of where I was laughing. I'm assuming it was me laughing, it usually is. Probably, yeah. This is. Um... Sorry, Jess Coates. Good joke. Yeah. Go on then. I was just going to say, Jen's on about like the what looks like a heart rate monitor on the screen, aren't you? Yeah. Just in case people are like, what big lines? We can't have any big lines. What's going on? <laughs> um, so, Jess Coates has sent through a... She sent through two, but then she mistyped the first one, and I don't want to read it out, because if I miss say it, it's going to be silly. <laughs> and I'll be honest, Jess, I prefer the second one anyway. So we're going to go with that one. Okay. Jen K, learn it or burn it. What do you call a pig that does karate? I don't know. Pork chop. <laughs> That was terrible. <laughs> Sorry, Jess. That's that why I loved awful. it so much. No. 
That's my level of I've been in that one. That's not very nice, Jen. Sorry, Jess. It's fine, it's okay. I've got to be brutal. I can't learn all of them. No, you can't. I can't learn any of them. You physically can't learn (laughs) any of them. Can't remember the jalapeno. That's because I've been with Becca very long. Jalapeno. (laughs) Jalapeno. Jalapeno one from last week. Can you remember what Becca called? Jalapenos, wasn't it? No, there was something else. Yeah, it was jalapeno, but she didn't call it jalapeno. Did she not? No, it was something else. Jalapeno? It might have been like jalapenos or something like that. <laughs> it was something, and I was just like, I've never heard of it. I don't know, like this comes from the girl. So, this is my friend who um, came and stayed with us this weekend when I had all my friends doing, and I went travelling with her for two months. She was short and everything. Like, so she's had such a big impact on my vocabulary. I now say Indie G tablets because of her. Mm. Um, what's the other thing she used to shorten? Just basically just shortens everything. Anything that can be said quicker. Yeah. I told her she's the laziest speaker I've ever heard. Yeah, that's the laziest vocabulary ever. Just literally shortens everything. Oh, she probably, can't it, think... she probably calls it lay vocab. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I've never known anyone. I can't think of any other examples that Does she, she does like that. Podcast? I don't know. I'll, I mean, I'll just send her this section and tell her that I was calling her on it. You don't know how to... I've not got Cut a clue. This section not, and this not section. a clue. Not a chance. I'll just tell her she has to listen to the podcast then if she wants to hear me calling her. Fantastic. I'm sure she will actually. No, mm. she won't. She's lazy. I'm happen. Oh, I really want to remember another example, but I just can't. Anyway. Yeah, boring story over. Pork chop, you're not happy with it? No. I loved it as well. <laughs> I've learned it anyway, Jess. I really liked that one. That's my level of joke. Just so everybody's aware. Oh, that's that my is level. Phil's level of joke. Um, Do you know the the reason I probably didn't laugh at it is because that that's the type of joke that I hear from Phil all day, every day. That's what I do, yeah. But like genuinely about ten to fifteen times a day I reckon. Yeah. Just stupid jokes. Yeah. Don't like if we yeah, ever come across, me. If we I ever don't come, I'm gonna say it. It just comes out. <laughs> so do the words out of your mouth when I'm speaking apparently. That's funny. Did you not like that? No, I hate that. You do it all the time. <laughs> Jen hates it when it happens. As soon as you go to speak by saying it's like the worst thing ever, isn't it? But the other way around, you're like, no, I'm speaking. It's more important. For... <laughs> <laughs> it's more important, and I forgot my point. So. Oh, I right. I've been trying really hard though to stop, but then when I stop and I don't say my point and I wait until you finish speaking, I don't listen to what you say because I'm trying to remember my point. And then if I do listen to what you say, I forget my point. It's a difficult life. It is a difficult life. Basically, my memory's shocking. And your points are more important. <laughs> points are more important. Right, thank you very much once again for listening to us waffle. Please go and like, rate, subscribe. Do whatever it is you need to do with the podcast that makes this podcast really, really good, that makes other people go, oh, I want to listen to that podcast. Yeah. Because we're not professional enough to understand what the things you need to do are. But what I do need you to do is drop me a DM with an on-the-spot question for Jen next week and with a joke. Thank you very much. Bye from Jen and Peely Head Phil. See you later. Bye.